Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is good, everybody? Welcome to a divisional round edition of the Gold Diggers podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. She is Michelle Majuk, researcher and fantasy analyst for the NFL Network. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey, you have no idea how excited I am to be on here with you talking about a real game. Like we don't have to make up anything or talk about other players or other teams or because we don't care about what happens this week. We have a real game that matters and that the 49ers actually should win. And it matters so much. And I'm so excited. Well, first of all, I know that multiple people are going to be excited because you started the show with Hey, Hey, which apparently you haven't been doing in the last couple of weeks. And people were messaging me. They were very upset. I did not know I haven't been starting. That's my bad. You must not have set me up for it. Maybe you just kept talking and I never got to, uh, you know, give my intro. So your immediate reaction is to blame me. It's your fault. Yes, that's uh-huh. my immediate reaction. Well, that sounds like a safe strategy. Uh, what's up to everybody? Shout out to all the YouTube channel members. I love you. Thanks for coming aboard. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. I told everybody I have two settings when it comes to playoff games. Horribly anxious or wildly overconfident. Those are my only two. I never go into a playoff game like, hmm, who knows? We'll see. I'm I'm just one of the two. And and. I've been kind of swaying a little bit, but I think I'm in the wildly overconfident bucket right now. Should I be? 
I think that's completely fair, right? I think I, I went into the episode last week, right? And I said the best, most wildest case scenario would be that the Cowboys lose to the Packers. Wouldn't mm-hmm. that be crazy? I said, and that would be such an amazing situation. But now that the Packers actually did upset the Cowboys, it does put a little bit of nervousness in you. Like, oh, shoot. They beat up on this. It's not just they won, right? The score looks closer than it was. They demolished them. Like the Packers went in to Dallas and demolished the Cowboys. But the Cowboys and the 49ers are not the same teams, especially their playoff history, right? Like they don't flop in the playoffs every single year in a new way. And now I think because the Packers did do this last week, the 49ers are not going to overlook them, right? This was a game for the Cowboys. We're like, wild card game. We got to worry about the hard divisional game or hard conference championship we got. We're going to beat the Packers. And they kind of went into it underrating them. Now that the 49ers saw what happened, that should keep that from happening, where where they're not expecting them to come in and have a good offensive performance. This is as excited as I think you have been before we've gone on the air that I can remember in some time. You've got, you are like loaded with good stuff that you want to share with us. I leave it up to you, Michelle. You get the run of the board. Anywhere you want to start today, I'm willing to go. All right. Well, let's start with the comments from Devontae Wyatt, right? Because you brought this up on yesterday's show with Levin. And you guys were talking about, do you have the exact comment from Wyatt up here? Yeah, go through that. So here's Devontae Wyatt for anyone that didn't see it. He said, quote, when D linemen just get pressure into him, meaning Brock Purdy, he's always throwing off or it's behind them or it's overthrown or short. When you get pressure on him, it's a guarantee we'll get a turnover. And that was crazy to me because Brock Purdy led the NFL in passer rating under pressure this season. So he didn't, but he was up there, at least according to next gen stats. I know next gen and PFF, they have different stats for whatever reason he, but he was up there. He was top, he was fifth. So he's right there behind Dak, Russell Wilson, Lamar, and Joe Burrow. So he, he still had a great passer rating under pressure, but I will say to give Wyatt, a li- cause I was listening to this thinking he was an idiot, right? Like he's so good under pressure. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I will say Brock Purdy did throw five interceptions when under pressure this year. And when you're comparing him to the other guys with a high passer rating under pressure, like I just brought up, Dak had one interception, Russell Wilson, one Lamar Jackson, one Joe Burrow didn't play the full year. So it's not fair. He had two Uh, Baker Mayfield's right under Brock Purdy under pressure, two interceptions, two, a three CJ Stroud, two. And then you get down to Trevor Lawrence. He had six. So that's the first guy you get to who had more interceptions of Brock Purdy under pressure with this high of a passer rating and the higher passer rating comes from the really high yards per attempt, right? That's going to bring it up high completion percentage. It's not to say he's bad under pressure, but he did have some interceptions. He had a a good amount of interceptions under pressure. So I'll give Wyatt that I will say though, if you get the pressure with blitz, so that means sending five plus pass rushers, Brock Purdy is going to absolutely destroy you. Like you have to get it by setting only three or four and having a lot of coverage out there because Brock Purdy was by far the best under pressure against the blitz. It's not even close. 120 passer rating went under pressure against the blitz this year. Absolutely insane numbers by him. And he only had one interception in that situation. It's when they didn't send the blitz, they got pressure with just three or four guys. And that's where Brock Purdy struggled. To give Packers credit, they did get pressure on 35.8% of dropbacks this year without blitzing, which is sixth in the NFL. 
So they're up there, but they only had four interceptions in those situations all year long, fewest in the NFL. So I don't know if I would be talking if I'm him. I, I think some things he said was correct. Some things, you know, part of it's not correct. But either way, it's stupid for him to have this bulletin board material for the 49ers. Well, that makes a little more sense because, like, clearly he said it for some reason, right? Like, he's not just making things up. Um, the beat writer for the Packers, when they tweeted it out, Matt Scheinman said Purdy led the NFL this season in passer rating when pressured. So, you know, I don't know what numbers he was going off of. That's what I was going off of for what it's worth. Um and I, I like this comment from Antonio, YouTube channel member, who says Brock Purdy had turnovers under pressure, but he also made a ton of plays under pressure, too. Uh -huh. It goes really good or really bad. Brock Purdy should never be under pressure in this game because it should be run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, play action with Brock Purdy. Like, I'd be totally comfortable if every pass Brock Purdy threw in this game was a play action because I don't think the Packers are going to be able to stop the running attack from Christian McCaffrey at all. That's a huge key part of this, right? Christian McCaffrey. We haven't seen him since week 17, uh, the middle of that game. Mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan says pretty much everyone's good to go besides Drake Greenlaw, which is a little concerning. Who was the other? Drake's going to play. Okay. Um, the only person who's out for the game is Cleveland Farrell. Everybody else is full go, which is insane. We have never seen a 49ers team this healthy at this point in the year under Kyle Shanahan, they're always banged up. That is not the case right now. I'm going to throw the injury report up on the screen because it's hilarious and it makes me smile. Look at it. Cleveland Farrell out questionable Greenlaw. We already, they've already said he's going to play everyone else full. That makes me warm and happy. And that's what the bye week does for you. Right? Cause I wonder what this injury report would have looked like last week. Uh, probably not this, uh, sunny and happy, but no, that's great news. I mean, it's, we know Christian McCaffrey is going to play, right? It just comes down to, is he fully healthy? Would he re-aggravate re it? Is that something that we have to worry about? Because this a hundred percent, they should be leaning on Christian McCaffrey, not to say Brock Purdy. I, I expect Brock Purdy to have 300 passing yards in this game. I just expect a lot of chunk plays coming off of a really great run game. Start with the run, get it going. Do not let the Packers have any hope. Like, this is what happened in the Dallas game, right? They get the ball first. They go down and score. The Cowboys are driving on their first drive, but just missed this much to CeeDee Lamb on a third down. That could have changed the whole game, right? If he gets that first down, also if the ball was placed correctly, CeeDee Lamb would have been off. Like, would have got another 40 yards probably on that play. That changes the whole aspect of the game because instead of having to punt, right away and being like, oh my goodness, we're down and they're punting and then they're driving again. Like it changes everything. That's something that cannot happen with the 49ers. A, come out strong on defense. Don't let them score right away. And then B, if they do score right away, just calm down. Like it's okay. Run the ball, get your groove on. Don't get too nervous and start just trying to get these big trunk plays right away. Make sure you get the running game going to then allow for these trunk plays later on. I loved Kyle Shanahan yesterday. They asked him, you know, Jordan Love, the Packers took the ball first. He's in such a rhythm, and they got down, and they scored right away. Would you consider taking the ball first if you win the coin touch? And Kyle just went, nope. And that was it. Like, he's not concerned about the Packers. He's not concerned about Jordan Love. I think Kyle thinks, like I think, if the 49ers execute their game plan and do what they usually do, they're going to smash them. 
yeah but at the same time let's talk about i know we've gotten into this some bit here uh kyle shanahan when not leading right this is a team that needs to lead maybe not needs to but it's much better when they're leading it's kind of like the cowboys where they perform better with the lead but so i do think it's funny for shanahan to be so confident because you go back to 2020 right since 2020 if the largest deficit in the game eight points just eight points so one more point than seven points, right? Because that starts to get you a little worried. Shanahan is three and 21 in those situations. We're well, down okay. by eight points. At any point in the game. At any point in the game. Does not matter what. And just to compare, like, yeah, a lot of, te- a lot of teams have bad records. But Andy Reid, 13 and 11 in those situations. A lot different than three and 21, right? So I do think his teams are meant to be played with a lead just going through the guys that have a worse record than Kyle Shanahan when just down by eight points at any point in the game you got Bill Belichick fired Arthur Smith fired Vic Fangio fired uh Matt Eberflus still there but probably should have been fired Joe Judge fired Matt Rule fired okay you're mentioning Bill Belichick though I mean like you're putting him on that list like since 2020 he has not been a good coach I think you can agree with that uh, Chris Waddell says the whole get pressure on quarterback super game plan is nothing new. Of course, that's the game plan. It's the reason premier pass rushers are the second highest paid players in the league. Agreed. The giants crushed Brady twice. Every quarterback's turnover rate, I'm sure goes up with pressure. Yeah. That's the game. That's not a, a purdy exclusive thing. Quarterbacks perform worse under pressure. That's a fair analysis, but it's also fair to look at what has this specific 49ers quarterback done in this specific situation. But yeah, I think we can agree. Getting pressure on Brock Purdy is a path to victory uh, for the Packers. I'm not worried. A path like, to victory for anybody. Yes. I'm not worried. Like, okay, let's say Green Bay gets the ball first and goes down and score a touchdown. I'm not going to be sitting there all puckered up. Like, oh, if the Packers score a touchdown before the 49ers get the ball, that's not going to scare me. In fact, we've seen a lot of times with the 49ers where the other team does score early in the game and then they don't score again. I, it just I, makes that first possession so much scarier i'll say because if you don't go down and score at least a field goal then you're like you really starting to tighten up on that if say they have to punt you really starting to tighten up on that second possession right because if the packers go down and score again all of a sudden it's 14-0 and we know shanahan's not going to come back from 14-0 because he just doesn't so that's where it becomes nerve-wracking it's it's not just that first touchdown it's just how important it makes that first offensive drive for the 49ers well, first of all, the 49ers have more points on their opening drive than anybody in NFL history this year. I'm not saying they wouldn't score. I'm They probably would. I'm just saying it makes it so much more pre- – you have so much more pressure on yourself, and it's going to be, become that more nerve-wracking if they don't score on that first drive. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about if the Packers – even if they go up 10. Okay. I'm really not. I don't see, first of all, how the hell – unless the 49ers turn it over, I don't see how Green Bay stops them. Because if Green Bay says, we're going to come out and we're going to stop Christian McCaffrey, we are not going to let him beat us. That means they're going to come out in their base defense. And if they come out in their base defense, the 49ers are going to abuse those linebackers and make those linebackers have to cover Ayuk or Debo or Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. And the Niners are just going to pass on them all day long. And if the Packers say, all right, well, Brock is passing on us. We're going to go to nickel. Then the Niners are going to run them into the ground. So I I have zero confidence in Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Brady, excuse me, to do anything to confuse the 49ers. 
Yeah, no, I, I think the 49ers offense is going to ball out. I think they're going to be absolutely fantastic. And I think the 49ers defense will do good. I'm just trying to give ways where we can start to get nervous, right? Yeah. I don't want to go into confident. I will say, though, the Packers, they're extremely young. And it's amazing what they did last week. They were the youngest roster to win a playoff game in the Super Bowl era, right? And I don't think that's going to continue. Like, I, I think at this point, going into a team that's so experienced, like you couldn't have more opposites, right? Between the mm -hmm. youngest and these veterans for the 49ers, so incredibly experienced. It's a home game for the 49ers. There's literally no reason for this game not to be a 20 plus point blowout. I, yes. Sorry. Uh, you brought up something really quick. I talked with Paul McCaffrey, formerly of KMBR yesterday, who brought up a great point. You know, the Packers were on the road last week, but they got up early on the Cowboys, like you said, and they completely took the crowd out of the game. It was super quiet at AT&T Stadium. That is not going to be the case this week. And like you said, they are a young team. They haven't really been in a playoff environment before. I think that's going to be a factor also. So they were the fourth team in NFL history to win a playoff game without a Pro Bowl selection uh, on their team. The Packers didn't get a Pro Bowler on their team this year, maybe they have someone, you know, as a replacement. We'll see if that happens. But the previous three teams were 0-3 in their next playoff game. So they won their first playoff mm -hmm. game, but all three of them lost in the divisional round and by a lot of points, right? The last team to do it was the 2010 Seahawks. They won in the wild card round and then lost by 11 points at the Bears the next week. Uh, so, again, they're too young. I don't think their roster even comparing the two rosters it's night and day the 49ers roster is so much better there is no reason for this game to be close there is no reason to be nervous I was just giving some reasons why maybe the 49ers do want to take the ball first because Kyle Shanahan is much better playing with the lead and him not acknowledging that does scare me a little bit because we know how he's just a little um what's the word I'm looking for here cocky um arrogant yeah. Yeah. Smudge. Yeah. Like maybe he should look at his numbers and be like, wow, I really am a bad coach when I'm down. I mean, it's every, you can just look and compare him to all the other coaches in similar situations. And when the team is down for whatever reason, Kyle Shanahan's offense is not as good. Chris Waddell says, I watched the grant show earlier. That was Wednesday. Rob, are you legit? Not worried at all. I don't agree with him often, but it did feel a little insecure about this game. No, I'm not. Like you just mentioned it. The Packers have zero pro bowlers. The 49ers have seven all pros, not pro bowlers, all pros. I'm stunned that the Packers are like, people are like, oh, this, this game is weird. Kurt Benkert with Kay Adams. Oh, this game is weird. I don't know. The Packers have nothing to lose. What do you mean the Packers have nothing to lose? If they lose, they're eliminated. Everybody's got something to lose. It's it's stunning to me. I think this is a giant mismatch. The 49ers have won 11 games this season by double digits. You know, people talk about what happens if they get down. They are never down. <laughs> like There's like three times this year where they've been down. I, I, I don't know. I think the Niners are going to smash them. We've got a couple comments here I wanted to get to. Modelo Time 1999 on Twitch says, do you think if Brock throws an early pick, Kyle will take the ball away and run it with Christian McCaffrey more like he did with Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019, when he almost threw an interception against the Vikings and in 20 uh, in the Packers game, the following week, he just never let Jimmy throw it at all. I, I don't think you should take it away from him. I mean, I think that's how you maybe start to lose the game, right? Is if you go away from your normal game plan, 
let Brock Purdy sling it. Maybe he does throw an interception. Hey, the, the Packers never get interceptions, so that would be surprising yeah. on its own. And, but maybe they play him really well on a play. But I think Brock Purdy has the capability to come back from that. Like, he's not the type of player I'm worried about getting in his own head and being like, oh, my goodness, and play scared. Like, I know that – what game was it where it was just disastrous? The Ravens. Um, the, the Packers' defense is not the Ravens. Like, it's not the same situation whatsoever. I'm not worried about that type of game happening from Brock Purdy this week. I am not either. Uh, and I think people got really excited because they beat the Cowboys and, you know, uh, Jordan Love made some really cool jump throws and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, well, great. You're going to have to do that all the time again and again and again. And that's a tough ask of any quarterback. Um, I want to get to this really quick. Daniel Hohen says, by the way, stats. Love the junior stats segment. I feel like he and my son would talk each other's ears off. I did a divisional pick segment with my son, Thomas. It's up on the YouTube channel. If you want to go check it out, he was, he wanted to get his picks out there. He was very anxious to tell the world who he's picking in the divisional playoff games. So we did that. If uh, you are so inclined, King says, sup y'all. Hey, did you know Chase Young hasn't had a bye week until now? Do you think he will step up now more than before? This is something I wanted to get to. I thought the Packers did an awesome job of basically erasing Micah Parsons from the game plan. I imagine they'll try and do something similar to that to Nick Bosa. So to me, it that means Armstead, Javon Hargrave, and yes, Chase Young need to step up. Because I think if you're the Packers, like you might be able to take away one really good pass rusher, but it's really hard to take away four. It was kind of wild how long Jordan Love had to pass. And a lot of it was him making really good uh, movements in the pocket, having really good pocket awareness. Uh, so that it, that's really what it came down to in that game. Like there's time the pack or the Cowboys should have gotten off that field. Like third down, there's so many times, but Jordan Love would just stand back there. And then how long can you cover a guy? And then a guy would be wide open over the middle of the field and Jordan Love would throw a good ball. Like he had a really impressive game. I don't want to take away anything from Jordan Love. Like everything was extremely impressive, but that was a huge issue for the Cowboys. They couldn't get home. Like they were getting pressure, but they couldn't just get to him. Like they couldn't finish it. Uh, and that's something that we worried about with this 49ers team for the first half of the year. They got much better at that the second half, but yeah, Chase Young is going to have to step it up. It can't be just Nick Bosa because they are going to put a lot of focus in on stopping Nick Bosa. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And shout out to Aaron Jones who was awesome in pass protection last week for the Packers. He had a couple plays where Micah beats the offensive lineman and Aaron Jones just boom, stops him dead in his tracks. It was for a running back to do that. Like we're not talking about, you know, some scrub pass rusher. We're talking about one of the best 
pass rushers in the league, and he was awesome. I got to give him his flowers for that, and I hope he has a terrible week in pass protection this week. Aaron Jones, just overall, he's the guy the 49ers have to focus on stopping. If they can shut down the run, then I do think Jordan Love is not going to perform as well. Everything's going to get tougher for him. It's going to be in an insanely loud environment in a huge game. If they can't get the running game going, I, I think Jordan Love's going to make many mistakes. But the thing is, Aaron Jones has been on absolute fire. We'll see if they keep leading on that. I feel like they should. I thought that's what they were going to do last week. They did because Aaron Jones is the one guy on this offense who does have experience. I mean, he is the veteran here. Everyone else is so incredibly young. So there, I do think the Packers are going to lean heavily on Aaron Jones to begin the game. We'll see how long they can stick with that, depending on what the score is. Because if the score, you know, if the 49ers start to take a big lead, then they'll take Aaron Jones completely out of the game. Aaron Jones is the old guy in the Packers locker room. He is 29, which is yeah. crazy. Chris Waddell says, my biggest fear is starting slow and getting in a hole. And then Kyle never coming back. Things get weird. Just hope we don't give them, uh, just hope we give them the Jags treatment, which of course was the game coming out of the 49ers bye week where they smashed the Jags. Yeah. About Aaron Jones. He's not facing the Cowboys this week. He's not facing these 200-pound defenders at the second level. He's facing Fred Warner. He's facing Dre Greenlaw. The 49ers haven't given up a 100-yard rusher in a game since 2021, and it was actually Justin Fields uh, wow. for the Bears. 44 straight games. That, I think, is uh, approaching a record. I don't think that Aaron Jones is going to be able to run the ball as successfully, and like you said, when he doesn't, if you go back and look, look at the games where Aaron Jones played and didn't rush for 100 yards. Jordan Love's numbers are wildly different than the Jordan Love we have seen recently. So yeah, I, think I mean, just like how Christian McCaffrey opens up this passing game for Brock Purdy, that's what Aaron Jones does for the Packers, and he makes everything easy. I mean, uh, Matt LaFleur's offense isn't too different from the Kyle Shanahan system, right? Get that play action going off of the run game going, and it works great. It's not a shocker that when the team was leading on A.J. Dillon, who couldn't get two yards to save his life on those <laughs> plays, that they struggled, right? Most quarterbacks struggle if their running game isn't going. That's just a thing, but especially when your running game is that bad. Aaron Jones picks it up so much. I heard you and Levin talking about like, well, how can the Packers say, uh, you know, some Packers beat reporters were saying that the 49ers run defense isn't very good. Right. And you're saying, but they allow so few rushing yards per game. Like how yes. can that be? Please now, I'll, I'll say they're not bad. They're not a bad run defense whatsoever, but when you are looking at it, opponents ran just 21.7 times per game against the 49ers this year by far the fewest in the league, right? Mm -hmm. So the Bears and the Lions, um, they the Bears were second, and that was the only team even close to them. They had 22.8 carries per game against them. But the next one was the Lions at 24. So that's a massive jump from 21 to 24 carries per game. So teams just weren't running, probably because the 49ers always had a lead, right? And you can't run. But when you're comparing them against the other really great run defenses of the league this year, it was the Bears and the Lions who allowed right with them 86 yards per game. Right. So those two teams allowed 3.8 yards per carry and 3.7 yards per carry. The 49ers were at 4.1. Still not a bad number, but it is. They're more middle of the pack. And I think the thing with the 49ers and any good defense, right, when you're so used to them being so dominant, anytime they allow a run of like five <laughs> yards, you're like, what's happening? 
what's happening? Because you expect them to shut down every single play. I did this with the Steelers when they had a dominant run defense for so many years. I mean, they're dominant. Anytime a player got like seven yards, I'd be like, oh my God, they're falling apart. Like there's going to be plays like that. You can't shut down every single play. And that's what happens when you're a really, really good defense. People expect that. So then when they see, oh, well, there is actually a play that got, you know, they let this play up. It's like, yeah, every defense lets some plays up. The thing that I keep going back to is the Cardinals ran for 234 yards against the 49ers and lost by 16 points. So even if Aaron Jones plays well, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the 49ers beat them anyway. Uh, Oscar Torres, YouTube channel member, shout out to you, Oscar, says, Rob, I'm super confident as well, but there is rain in the forecast. Does that worry you? A little, because Brock has not been the same guy in the rain, but I think if that happens, Kyle's just going to pound the run even more. I think that's going to be his sort of uh, get-out-of-jail-free card. Why is there rain in the forecast? Why? Oh, my goodness. I did not know this. I did not. I'm annoyed, because I feel like every good game this year, has there's been rain in the forecast. Mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about for the 49ers. I'm talking about any good game between two teams that you're excited for. There's rain. Can there not be rain? It's California. Isn't it supposed to like never rain there? So from, I mean, and again, this changes all the time, but I did check it this morning, Friday morning, and it looked like no rain, like rain throughout the day, no rain to start the game. And then later in the game rain. So if you're saying that the 49ers need to come back later in the game and then all of a sudden it's raining, that's not ideal, I guess. But I, again, I just think Kyle is going to go to Christian McCaffrey left, Christian McCaffrey right, Debo Samuel jet sweep. I, I expect Debo to get a lot of work on the ground this week. And I just, I'm, I'm wildly overconfident. I think it's fair. I really do. I mean, A, they're nine and a half point favorites, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're just trying to find ways where what should we be nervous about? Because I hate going in the games overconfident. I, I do. Like I'm, I'm trying to get myself set up where if something does bad, something bad happens, I'm not falling apart and sad. But at the same time, if I had to put money down on this game, I'm taking 49ers minus nine and a half. Like I, I think they cover this. I think they could win by 20 points. It's just, you have that in your head about what they did last week. And it, it happens to teams, right? Better teams lose every single week in the NFL. It ain't happening this week. Maybe it'll be the Texans, but it ain't happening this week. Robert Grooms, YouTube channel member, says, don't forget my favorite dance move, a little kittle in the middle. I wouldn't be shy. I would love if Kyle busted out the double fake screen, fake screen left, fake screen right, throw it over the middle of the kittle like he did against the Seahawks. I would sign for that. Um, do you want to get into some best bets right now? Yeah, but now I'm nervous because of stupid rain. So a lot of mine have to do with the passing game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be, you know, like a downpour or anything like that. Uh, And again, it's changing all the time. So who the hell knows what it'll actually be by the time they kick this thing off at 5 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday night. I've got some best bets. How many best bets do you have this week? I have four. Ooh, an extra one for the divisional round. Feeling, feeling strong. I like it. I feel good about three. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What's the fastball? Well, the fast one's Brock Purdy over 265 and a half passing yards. Uh, every time at home, I want to take this over and he just always hits it, right? So at home, averaging 309 passing yards per game. They have him at 265. This is over 40 passing yards gap here. That, let's say the rain does affect him a little bit. That gives you some leeway. But he has easily easily hit this number in all but two games at home this year one was against the ravens best pass defense in the league 
He had 255 yards, so just under it, but again, against the best pass defense in the league. And he threw four and, picks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other one was against the Cowboys, where he got to rest because they were kicking his butt so much. And still, 252. Like, he didn't even play most of the fourth quarter. And still, so those are the only two games he didn't just absolutely destroy this number. The three home games before the Ravens game, 365, 333, 368. And he needs 266. Wow. That, you know, we talked about this. Uh, maybe it was going into the Ravens game. But, like, when the gap between the, the number you have to hit and what they have done all year is 40, 50, 60 yards, how could you not feel comfortable about that? So I'm on board with this. Uh, I believe Brock Purdy's over-under for pass yards is higher than Jordan Love's. As it should be. Yeah. Um, well, you know, everyone's so... Loving Jordan Love. He's so unbelievable. The Packers have three elite quarterbacks in a row. Jordan Love. We'll see. Uh, real quick, Val Brooks says, don't you guys think they practice with a wet ball? Val, they don't. Kyle Shanahan has said they don't. He doesn't like to because he doesn't think it matters, which I think is crazy. And he doesn't like anything to, to disrupt his practice. So they don't practice with a wet ball. I think Brock said that he sometimes does some extra stuff just in case. And he said, "If I know Brock has said in the past, if it's really raining, he will put on a glove. Um, but I, they do not practice with a wet football. That's just Kyle Shanahan being stubborn. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he also had a if whole everything thing. Everything was perfect. We would have won. He has a whole thing. Yesterday, he went on this whole race. Somebody asked him, like, would you, why will you ever call a fake punt? And he was basically like, no, I will never call a fake punt because I don't want to have to trick the other team into winning the game. Is basically what he said, which I was like. That seems really weird to me, but I also wouldn't just announce that you're never going to run a fake punt on the, maybe it's a galaxy brain thing and he actually is going to run a fake punt this week. Who the hell knows? But okay. I like that best bet from you. I will take my uh, fastball. Best bet is the over on Debo's rushing yards. He's at 16 and a half. Let me ask you this question, Michelle. How many carries do you think Debo Samuel has had in the playoffs for the 49ers? Oh, man. Uh, I'm guessing a lot with the way you answered it. So I'm going to go with four per game. Five per game. He has 46 carries in nine playoff games. That's ridiculous for a wide receiver. He averages almost six yards per carry. We have seen them use Debo on the jet sweeps in the playoffs. I feel like Kyle does it even more. I think he's going to give Debo at least three carries in this game, whether it's jet sweep, whether it's, you know, just straight handoff, I think. And one of those plays can go for longer than 16 and a half yards. Anytime Debo gets the ball, especially on those jet sweep type plays, he has a threat to go 20, 30, hell 80 yards. I, I feel really confident Debo is going to have more than 16 and a half rushing yards in this one. Yeah. And I think they should try to get him involved. Not Don't force it. But like you said, three or four carries, he's going to get there. And I do think they should be utilizing him in that way, especially to start the game. Like just keep the defense on their toes. Don't know what's happening. Uh, I think that would be huge for them. I'm going to go with a different wide receiver and his receiving yards to go with Brock Purdy. You know, he has to pass to someone, right? And it's going to be right. Brandon. Ayuk. Over 69 and a half receiving yards. He averages 105 receiving yards per game at home because Brock <laughs> Purdy goes crazy at home. So does Brandon Ayuk. So I'm not, I'm going to throw out week 18, right? Because a, he's playing with Sam Darnold and he played very limited snaps uh, with starters, not really playing all that much. Mm -hmm. 
the four games prior at home, 109, 156, 126, 113. He needs 69 and a half. He needs 70 receiving yards. Uh, I, I think he gets this pretty easily. He said, I don't know if you saw this. I like this from him. He said, hey, it feels like week one. Remember in week one, I got two touchdowns. Yeah, we're trying to recreate that. I wonder if he knows this week that like, hey, you know, we got some plays in there for you. You're going to be getting the football, especially if he's matched up with a, a very banged up Jair Alexander. Uh, first of all, I think Ayuk's good enough to get open against anybody. But also, if Jair is playing, he's clearly not going to be 100%. So I give an advantage to Ayuk. Yeah, Jair played last week, right, against CeeDee Lamb. And I know CeeDee Lamb and Dak uh, struggled to get uh, a connection going, but it wasn't because of the coverage whatsoever. It was just they were off for whatever reason. Like, CeeDee Lamb was open, and then they started to get going as the game went on. But it was never because, wow, they're doing such a good job covering CeeDee Lamb. It was just there was a – the connection wasn't there for whatever reason, just slightly off. I'm not worried about this Packers coverage whatsoever. And Brandon Ayuk like this might be, well, no, it won't be his last game. Cause they're going to win obviously, but he only has a limited games here to show he is a true wide receiver. One, he needs a ball out. No, he's under contract next year. Well, his... he could still get a new contract. He's going to want one. Right. But I'm saying like, this isn't his last game as a 49er unless they trade him. No, I'm saying this is one of his last games to sh- prove that he's a wide receiver one and get paid like one. Well, then, they, but they don't he's have. He's not going to play on the franchise tag next year or the fifth year. Bosa played on the yeah. fifth year option. Cool. Bosa grew up rich. Good for him. Like, I'm sick of hearing that. Yeah, you grow up rich and you have rich family. You don't, you're not stressed. Good for you. So, to be clear, you're saying Brandon Ike's going to hold out the entire year? No, but he's going to get paid or get I traded. I don't think so. I think they're just going to say play on the fifth year option. We'll pay you after that. We made yeah. Bosa do it. You ain't better than Bosa. Yeah, Bosa didn't care because he's rich. Yeah, but there's nothing I you can do. He either plays or he holds out. That's, like that's then it. I, it's just gross. That's gross to me. Well, damn, he deserves it. That's a different thing. But uh, Aaron Rodriguez says, "Who's more stubborn, Kyle or Rob?" Just kidding. Love the podcast. I am. I am stubborn. I, you know, Kyle can be stubborn. I probably think I win that. Uh, just throwing that out there. Uh, Chris Waddell says, "Personally, I think this is an IU decoy game." This will be a Debo Kittle with a taste of Jennings, wink, wink, Michelle, murdering their slow as F linebackers. I think Brandon Ayuk gets 120 yards in this game. The thing is with Ayuk because he may only need five catches, you know, like because yep. he averages, what is it, 15, 16 yards per he catch? He averages 21 yards per catch at home this year. 21. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. And oh, by the way, literally five. So he needs um, less than four. Yeah, I guess it would be four catches to hit this. The Packers are also the fourth worst team in terms of yards after contact. So they are not a good tackling team. And we know what do the 49ers do better than anybody is run after the catch with the ball in their hands. So shout out to the Green Bay Packers defense, which, by the way, should probably be pretty tired, right? As much as everybody says the Packers have been playing in meaningful games, you know, for months, that also means they're really tired. And yeah. so that generally leads to worse tackling. We've seen it with the 49ers. When they get tired, their tackling goes in the toilet. So I've arrested fresh legs 49ers team against a beat up Packers defense that's not that good, even when they're at full strength. Advantage 49ers for me. My next best bet, Michelle, 
it's a little, it's a little ballsy, but I'm going with it anyway. Christian McCaffrey, two or more touchdowns in the game. It's plus money, which is why there's not many 49ers bets you can make in this game that are plus money. Trust me, I looked for some of them. I think especially when they get into the red zone, let's say, for example, opening drive. Niners go down the field. As soon as they get to the red zone, I think Kyle's going to be like, run to Christian McCaffrey because I want to minimize risk. And it's really important to me that we go up seven, nothing. I think Christian's going to get best, most opportunities right out of the gate. And then I think maybe later in the game, if they're trying to salt it away, they'll be giving it to Christian McCaffrey. I think two plus touchdowns is a lock for him. It's plus 155, which I really like. Why are you shaking your head? No, I like it. It's just it's insane that it's only plus 155 for a player to have to get two <laughs> touchdowns. Like, that's how crazy Christian McCaffrey is. If you want to get really uh, risky, first 49ers touchdown score, McCaffrey's plus 175, which I almost kind of like that, too. Um, I think I like that better. And for anybody that doesn't know, that means bet $100, win $175, just so you know how it works. So I'm on or board. Or you can bet 10 and win $17. No, I don't like doing that. I like the hundreds because it's easier for me to keep. Okay, well, don't that. have people betting hundred dollar on bets. Come on, well, though. We're responsible. Okay. Look, only bet what you can afford to lose. Let's say that. But I will go Christian McCaffrey two or more touchdowns at plus one fifty five. I like it. Uh, it's risky only for the fact that you you just said they run with Debo quite a lot in the playoffs, and Debo can take away those goal line carries. That's the only thing risky about this. But if any player is going to have two touchdowns this week, this weekend, among all players, uh, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey, right? So you, you can't hate on that. It's just wild that it's only plus 155. Like, I know that you still get plus odds and you get a lot of money back. But, like, normally to bet on someone to have two touchdowns, it's going to be, like, plus 300. Plus, like, you know, it's going to be something crazy. So that's wild. Uh, my next one, George Kittle, over. 22 and a half yards, longest reception. I haven't done a longest reception in a long time. That's just like, I, you know, I didn't look at those before the show. I forgot about that. That's my bad. So it's longest catch over 22 and a half. Yes. Over 22 and a half. So he has, again, he only needs a 23 yarder, but he has 24 plus yard reception in six of seven home games this season. Only home game he didn't was against the Cardinals in week four. And he had one target in that game. So wow. one target, he didn't happen to hit it. But all the other six home games, he had a 24-plus yard reception. The Packers have allowed the second most receptions of 23-plus yards to tight ends since week 11. Behind only the 49ers, by the way. They need to clean that up. What are they doing? Nobody knows. But also, when you're just looking at these explosive tight ends, we know Kittle's the best in the league. But tight ends to have a 24-plus yard reception. Kittle has 14 of those this year. The next closest is David and Joku with 10. And then the next closest after that is Kelsey Hawkinson and Laporte at seven. So he has double the amount of the third highest tight ends this year with these long receptions. So I love this for Kittle. I don't know how often Kittle will get targets because they do seem to go away from him in the playoffs for whatever reason. So instead of going with his receiving yards or targets or receptions, I'm going with he's going to have a long reception and there's somewhere in the game. I'm stunned this wasn't your first one, that this wasn't like your fastball um, because, damn, like those numbers you just gave blew me away. Kittle has been getting just chunk plays 
all season long. It has been awesome to see. Even in the Ravens game, he still got one of those long receptions. I think he had like a 50-yarder on the first series. The fact that it only takes one, uh, just one missed tackle, and he's out the gate. I, I love it. I'm going to bet that as soon as we get off the air. That is absolutely where I am placing my money. Uh, speaking of bets, Chris Waddell has chimed in. Wait, wait, wait. What is the results of y'all's bet? For anyone that doesn't know, Michelle and I always place a bet before the year about who can predict the better record for the 49ers. And this year we both tied at 12 and five. And so what we decided to do to settle the bet was to bet on the wild card game since the Niners weren't playing anyway. And we, we did it with the spreads and Michelle wiped the floor with me. Yeah, I did. I was five for six. And the only thing I was wrong about is I took uh, lions minus three and they won, but not by three. So that was the only game I was wrong about five or six. Uh, I don't know. What was your record? It was not that. Uh, well, I was right about Tampa Bay winning. I, I took Tampa plus three. So that was a win. I took the Rams plus three. That was a win. And I think I got one more. Correct. You got the bills. Cause we both picked the bills to win by nine and a half. Yes, that was it. So yeah, any ones that I got right, you also pretty, except for the Rams got right. So you have won the bet. Congratulations. I now have to purchase a Sam Darnold Jersey and where, um, do I, I guess, do I have to buy it like right away? I'll give you till so you definitely don't wear Sam Darnold before the Super Bowl. That's just a jinx. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but after the season's officially over that whole week, you will be wearing a Sam Darnold jersey. Okay. Do you care if it's home road? Doesn't matter. I want it to be red. I want it yeah. to really stick out. Okay. I kind of I don't have a 49ers road jersey. I need to get one. Um, but anyway, so congratulations to you, you jerk. You won the bet. It wasn't even really close to. She was gloating about it all weekend too. That was well like, after Saturday. I pretty much already had it in the bag. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chris says, damn, I wanted to see the Jennings jersey, but a Darnold one is hilarious to me. It's not hilarious to me. I'll tell you that. Um, another best bet that I have. This one, I am was really shocked. And tell me if you think I'm being a complete fool, because that has been known to happen. Each team to score one touchdown in each half is plus money at plus 115. I don't know that there is any game script that I can think of unless the rain is so bad that it's like torrential rain. I think each team is going to score a touchdown in each half easily. 
I don't know if it's easily only for the fact I could definitely see the Packers uh, not scoring a touchdown. I could see them having a couple field goals. I could see this game being a 21 to six going into half where the Packers finished with two field goals that I, I don't think it's that crazy to think the Packers don't score a touchdown in the first half. If the 49ers defense shows up, right? We know the 49ers defense has been absolutely dominant for the majority of this year. And then they've had games where it's like, oh, what what happened? Like, where did they go? What's happening here? So as long as they don't have one of those games, I actually won't be shocked if the Packers don't have a touchdown in the first half. I would be shocked if they didn't both have one in the second half. You know, you start to warm up. You start to, especially if there's a huge lead, the defense will play a little bit more relaxed. So there should be a touchdown for both teams in the second half. But that's what I'm seeing in the first. I just figured even if it becomes on the Packers first drive during the scripted plays where, you know, you spent all week coming up with the perfect drive. Uh, I don't know. The fact that it's plus money too, you know, again, like I said, there's not a ton of bets in this game that I feel comfortable making that are plus money. There really is no reason for the Packers to score in the first drive. I know that was, I think the more we talk, the more confident I'm getting. See? You think about the, the weapons they have. Like I really like Jaden Reed. He's a good young rookie. He had zero receptions last game, by the way, but, he is a good young rookie, so when you have to keep an eye on, they do have Datavian Wicks. He can get a long reception. Christian Watson, whatever. He stinks. I told you guys this before <laughs> when you guys wanted him. He's, he's exactly Mar uh, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scatling. They just used an uh, early pick on him. Whatever. And then, what? like, the two young tight ends. Like, there's really no reason for them to be able to move the ball here as long as you shut down Aaron Jones. Honestly, like, this should be a three and out. If they get the ball first. I'm expecting a Niners romp. I'm expecting a crazy crowd at Levi's, which again is something the Packers have not had to deal with. And I, I've said that the Packers, you know, they're like a cake in the oven. That's not quite ready yet. Maybe next year or two years from now, if, if everybody on their team matures the way I know a lot of Packers fans think, then that could be something that, that we could revisit. But right now, and if you're the 49ers, there's no excuse. Get it done. You yeah. cannot lose to this team. Everything is shaping up for you if you're the 49ers. You've got the Cowboys out. You've got the Eagles out. You've got the Rams out. If you win this game against the Packers, you're either playing the Lions, who are good but definitely beatable, and we know how the 49ers have done against Jared Goff in the past, or you're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who you whooped earlier this year, and that's what's standing in your way of the Super Bowl. So I, do, I no. do want to chat about that Lions Buccaneers game real quick, but I have one more bet I want to just discuss with you because this is the one I'm a little questionable about, right? They have Aaron Jones on DraftKings at 67 and a half rushing yards. And I do think that's a very, very fair line, probably too low because they could even shut him down for the most part, but still 67 and a half rushing yards. I mean, he's had 21, 20, 22, and 21 carries over the last four weeks. Again, like I said, I think they're going to lean on him early. Yeah. Maybe in the second half, they're not able to run with him as much if they're down by a lot. But, I mean, that's averaging in the threes for yards per carry. That still would be a great defensive performance by the 49ers. But, again, we talk about the, the difference between what they've been doing in the line. I mean, his yards, 127, 120, 111, and 118. That's a 50 yard gap in pretty much all of those games in all of those games. It's uh, no, in pretty much all of them, 50 yard gap. I, I, I think I take the over there. I don't think he's going to have a hundred yard game, but I do think he's going to have at least 68 rushing yards. 
But doesn't it matter that those games have come against the Cowboys, Bears, Vikings, and Panthers? The Bears are one of the best run defenses in the league this year. So are the Vikings. Uh, yeah, the Panthers stink, and the Cowboys have been very inconsistent with their run game. But I don't know because, again, it's only 67 and a half. It's, I, I think if, they, if he doesn't hit 68, the 49ers are winning by 25-plus points. Like I think this is a 38 38- nine game like absolute blowout and that's the only reason he doesn't hit it if this game is within 10 points he's gonna hit this over i think what i would i would ask two questions if i was thinking about this one do you think aaron jones could break off an explosive run because i think even if he only gets one like 15 20 yard run i would feel really confident about him hitting the over um, and then two is what you mentioned, the game script. Do you think it's going to be close enough to where the Packers will want to continue running the ball? Because if it is, you're right. He'll probably, even if he only averages three yards a carry, he could easily get there. If you think the Niners are going to blow him out, then you sh- you shy away from it. I wouldn't touch this one personally. Did you? Y- you would, it seems like. You, you listed it. Um, well, this was the one I was questionable about. I probably would want to stay away. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew the final score of the game. If I knew the final score of the game, I could tell you right now if he has more or less. Like, I really could. Uh, But without knowing if the 49ers are going to just absolutely destroy them, it's too hard to tell. Speaking of the final score, do you have a final score prediction? I do. I do. Um, Let's go with 34 to 13. I think they're going to have two field goals in the first half get a touchdown sometime in the second half and the 49ers absolutely destroyed them. So I guess that answers my Aaron Jones question. Um, 34, what did I say? 13. Shades by Chardal says Aaron Jones averages 3.8 yards per carry against the 49ers. Also, I see that would another- get him there though. That would get him there with 20 carries. Jay realist says, why is nobody mentioning Romeo Dobbs? He's their best receiver. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. had a good game last week. He's good, and he scores a lot of touchdowns. I mean, he doesn't get a lot of receiving yards normally. I know he did last week. He was their main guy, and he kept, like I said, Jordan Love had so much time to throw, and Romeo Dobbs was a guy that found space and got open, and he's really good. He, I definitely should have mentioned him. That was my bad. Traverius Ward, I'm looking at you, buddy. Lock it down. Let's go. He's been. But playing. that's the thing is, I don't even know what wide receiver you should lock down here. I I uh, just read something. I can't remember who wrote the story. I think it was Michael Lee wrote a story about Steve Wilkes and how, you know, the adversity he went through and all and blah, blah, blah. Apparently, every time Steve Wilkes walks by John Lynch, he pats his pockets because he's telling John Lynch, you're going to have to pay Charvarius Ward again soon because he's balling out. I think that is hilarious. And that is like the perfect thing to do to get your players to love you as a coach. That's awesome. Yeah. Ward is second half of the year. He is balled out and he deserves that. Uh, another big contract there with the 49ers. Uh, do we want to, like, I want to know your thoughts on this Lions Buccaneers game. Do you have a preference who wins? Do you have a feeling who wins this game? Because it's very interesting to me for this matchup. I'm actually really excited for this game. I think it's going to be an insanely high scoring game, but with Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield, both of these guys have the capability of ca- falling flat on their face, right? Mm-hmm. Just becoming little pumpkins like Joe Flacco did against the Texans <laughs> last week. But they also have the capability for putting up 400 passing yards and five touchdowns. Like that is in the realm of possibilities. We have seen Baker Mayfield in some of the highest scoring games in the NFL over the last five years since he's been in the league. Like 
insane monster games he's been in. Normally he loses. Unfortunate for him. But <laughs> with this game, I I don't know. I, I don't know who wins this game. I'm going to go with the Lions. But if the Buccaneers were to make the NFC Championship, the 49ers would absolutely demolish them. Yeah, I'm, I would choose to play the Bucs if I could, but only because I've seen the 49ers play the Buccaneers this year, and they won 27-14. So I would feel confident in that. And I think that Detroit has Ben Johnson, an offensive coordinator who is incredibly creative, who understands how to put pressure on defenses with motions and shifts and things like that. The, the Buccaneers do not have an offense that scares me like that. I know they've got some good players, but I, I'll put the Bucks players up against the 49ers players any day of the week. The Lions scheme scares me more than anything else. Plus the, the Lions are a better team than Tampa Bay. So of course, I know, I, that's yeah. why I kind of want the Lions to win though. Cause Lions 49ers game would be so much more fun. I really don't want to have to like go into another game where we just expect another 30 point blowout. I think they still would easily handle the Lions. So the better team still, but at the same time, that would be a much more exciting game to talk about, like two really good teams this year in the NFC. And these were actually two teams that we were considering, right? We thought it would be either the Eagles or Cowboys, but the Lions were sitting right there as the next best team. I would really like to see Jared Goff make the NFC championship. What's great about this game Why? is I either, I don't know. I feel bad for him that he got thrown away from the Rams. He made a Super Bowl and couldn't do anything with it. If he made one pass, he would have won the damn thing. It was against Bill Belichick's defense. Oh, oh, now all of a sudden that Bill Belichick's awesome. His defense is still really good. His teams, on the other hand, his offenses are straight trash. Uh, but the but then also on the other side, you know how much I love Baker. If Baker were to make an NFC championship after getting thrown away from the Browns with the Browns just getting their butts kicked by Houston, who, you know, the whole storyline would just be fabulous. At any way this game goes, my heart's going to be warm. I like Baker. I've always liked Baker Mayfield. He's making himself a ton of money, by the way, this year. Uh, hey, he I held on. I, I was I was his only believer left. There you go. Uh, sign me two nine on Twitch is is in lockstep with me. I take a thirty point blowout the rest of the way. Amen. I want the easiest road. Po I'm rooting so hard for D'Amico Ryan's and the Texans this week because I want the Texans in the Super Bowl, baby. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm just rooting so hard for that because. They're a way more fun team, and I'm a Steelers fan. I don't want to see the Ravens out there. But right. I do think the Ravens, I think they even cover their spread of nine and a half. And I think they kill the Texans, unfortunately. I brought up to you last week, the Browns defense on the road it was straight garbage. I don't you know why can't. everyone was like, oh, they're such a good defense. Yeah, at home, at, on the road heading into that game, they're allowing 30 points per game. So I was not shocked that C.J. Stroud and that offense did whatever they wanted against them. That's not going to happen against the Ravens at home. A, the Ravens are good at home or on the road, but at home, they're the number one scoring defense. They're dominant. CJ Stroud's a rookie. It's not going to happen. Uh, I gave you love for that during the game, too, because you opened my eyes to that last Friday. I was like, oh, my God. And you were a thousand percent right. Uh, Heinemann on Twitch points this out. This just happened before we went live. He says, R or he or she, sorry, says uh, RIP Sports Illustrated. It looks like everyone at Sports Illustrated got laid off, if I'm understanding the tweets right. Uh, the Arena Group gave notice that it intends to lay off all of Sports Illustrated staff, according to an email. All of Sports Illustrated staff. I was a subscriber of Sports Illustrated growing up. I had years of them in my room. Uh, also, Grant Cohn, who does a show with me on Wednesdays, works for Sports Illustrated. So if Grant lost his job, that's horrible. 
And uh, I'm sorry, Grant. And, you know, I'm sure you'll land on your feet because you still have your YouTube empire and everything. But obviously that's terrible. Sports Illustrated was like the go-to sports magazine when I was a kid. And to see that it now just might be gone is is awful. Yeah, this industry, it's brutal, man. Um, that's I, It stinks for everyone who works there right now who's having a terrible day. But hopefully all of them end up like you back on their feet, kicking booty, doing their own yep. thing. And you don't have to deal with any bosses or any stupid corporation. You just have to that, deal with yourself, which might be kind of difficult for you too, <laughs> but you're loving no, my friend. No? You're a thousand percent right. And I wouldn't have done any of this if you and your wife, Kate, hadn't encouraged me to do it. So I owe everything to you. But that is one of the nicest things is that I don't have to ever worry about getting laid off because I'm not going to lay off myself. Uh, and I've been laid off twice since 2020. So I'm all done with that from now on. Yeah, we've gone through the layoffs in this household too with my wife. It's just, it's it sucks, right? I'm sure in all industries right now, the the it's industry brutal. or the working market is not it's not a fun time right now. No, it absolutely isn't. Uh, so our hearts go out to everybody at Sports Illustrated. Uh, there's gonna you know what that means? There's gonna be a lot of good people that need jobs. So hopefully for people that are hiring, they can take advantage of that. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much for your best bets today. You know I always appreciate them. Make sure you like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel, everybody. Um, please hit the little bell so you get notified when we go live. We're live every single weekday. And, of course, after the game, Levin Black and I will be live in the Instant Reaction podcast on Saturday night. So, again, that's why you need to click the bell, like, and subscribe. I'm so excited. I'm so Thank God this game is tomorrow because I could not wait another day. I am so excited it's on Saturday night because I don't have to work the Saturday game. So I get to just watch it as a fan and be so excited. I was so nervous they're going to be put on Sunday. Saturday, I get to just live this life up, uh, be drinking. Um, so if I hop on <laughs> if I hop on the instant reaction show like I did after the last time they beat the Packers, you kicked me off in about 30 seconds because I was a little too drunky drunk. Uh, but maybe that <laughs> happens again. I was a lot more nervous then than I will be this year. So we, we might have to let drunk Michelle have her day if, uh, <laughs> if things work out right for the 49ers. Uh, that'll be fun. I'll definitely hop on if they win. I will not be on if they lose. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Friday and your weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow after the game. Bye, y'all.